Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. You know, guys, there's been always a big push for having a good IQ, for being smart, for doing well in school, for having those school smarts. But something we need to talk more about is what I like to call EQ, aka emotional intelligence. These soft skills like problem solving and being able to emotionally be aware are really important and our kids struggle with it. So today I'm speaking with expert on parenting coaching, on self-coaching, on child coaching, Jerry South. This episode is straight golden, guys. But first, gotta pay the bills. All right, everybody, we are back. I'm so psyched for today, guys. So Jerry South is an entrepreneur and working mom of seven kids, plus an additional three foster kids at home. That's 10 kids, guys. She started doing her own businesses at the age of 18 and has been doing it for 20 plus years now in the training industry. Uh, She created her own emotional intelligence curriculum for teenagers in Arizona schools and has begun teaching in the Pinal School District. She's an, an experienced corporate trainer for major airlines, hosting her own radio show at the largest talk show in Arizona station and currently works as a speaker, instructor, and private coach for parents and teenagers. She's professionally certified to work with teens and is passionate about helping families reconnect and find peace in their relationships with others and themselves. Jerry is dedicated to bringing emotional intelligence training to all teenagers all over the world and working with families to improve their family culture. Welcome Jerry to the show. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's a, it's like a, it, an, an awkward experience to sit and listen to someone read your bio why you're right there. That's always a thing, right? Like, okay, okay, okay. Keep going. Let's go on, move on. But thank you for that amazing introduction. I appreciate it. Anytime. So first off, how the heck are you? I, you know what? I'm actually really great. I'm doing really good. I, there's, you know, there's just so many things going on when you have lots of different kids and, and, um, I'm really enjoying the work that I'm doing. I think, um, there are so many people that are becoming more aware of kind of this pandemic, if you will, that's going on with teenagers. Right. Right. And so I love being able to sit down and talk with people like you as well, that are making a difference. It just really gets me motivated to keep the work going. I love that. And where are you coming at us from? Where are you located? I'm in Arizona. So I'm like the Gilbert area. Okay. So you're often like Michelle Rigby's area of life. Yeah. She's just five minutes away from me. That's right. Gotcha. Cool. 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 Yeah. So Jerry and Michelle Rigby, they're part of another awesome organization called the looking up foundation guys. They are wonderful. We will talk about them at another place and time that is a whole (laughs) nother place. But so Jerry, how did you get into this space? I mean, you've gone from corporate training to parent training, and now you're in this child advocacy space. How'd you land yourself here? Yeah, well, that's a good question. You know, it's it's interesting because I was a single mother of six children for a long time. And so I had this passion, even though I was doing, you know, other careers that I really wanted to help single women. I wanted to help women who were in the situation that I had been in and had to find a way to reinvent themselves. Well, at the same time, um, you know, divorce is hard. The things that were going on with their, the, my children's father were hard. And I had, my oldest son was, was really struggling. And so at the same time that I'm trying to help women, I can't seem to find a way to help 
my own teenager. Um, I'm sending him to counselors and therapists and he actually mm -hmm. ended up in a behavioral health facility. He just didn't want to be alive. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, how come help doesn't help? Like, where, where is the help? You know, and, yeah. and he saw some really great people that I really respect. It just wasn't working for him. Mm -hmm. And so I started to have the women that I was working with ask me, will you do a class for teens? And I remember thinking, oh, I'm having a hard time helping my own teen. I don't know if that's really what I want to do. But, but I did. I, I started working with teens. And I will tell you, the, the class that I did, it was a four-week class. It was the first thing that helped my son. It was the first thing that helped him. And I really believe that the skills and tools of learning to self-coach and totally change your mindset, I believe it changed his life. And that's when I started to realize, wow, the power of what I have here. And so then the next class I did, I had some of my other teenagers do the class. And I have, for example, a daughter who's thriving and popular and has lots of friends and she's always in this great mood. And then when she would go to school, I would kind of look at the the things that she wrote in the the papers that I that I had these kids fill out the worksheets and she was writing a lot of the same things why do I look like I do I I'm not like any of my friends I hate who I am and I was shocked to see that from her I, I had no indication that she felt that way about herself and so the more I dug into this work the more I realized that it didn't matter um, if a child went through <laughs> not having friends at school or even a divorce or whatever they were going through, they were all experiencing very similar emotions. Mm -hmm. And the more I dove into this work, the more I realized every single person, and I would say person, not just teenager, which is right. why I work with a lot of parents. They all, we all need this. We right. all need this. It's not taught in the schools. We don't learn it anywhere. So learning to really reframe your experiences and overcome anxiety and depression and, and all of these emotions that teenagers are dealing with, um, has, has really, it's just driven my work, recognizing how much work there is to be done. Yeah, absolutely. And we're so happy to have you in the space. Oh my gosh, Thank you're you. so valuable. Um, and what you do is so valuable. I mean, talking about emotional intelligence, we talk about how in schools they value IQ and your ACT scores, but emotional intelligence is kind of finally starting to be talked about a little bit. Um, why should we care? Like, What is this EQ emotional int intelligence thing that matters so much? Well, you know, the thing is, is so here's something that's interesting. Um, and I'm not trying to knock therapy and counseling. I think it can be really great, but a lot of the kids, I would say at least half of the kids I'm working with one-on-one -on -one have been doing some kind of counseling or therapy for a couple of years and it wasn't working for them. So I'll have really just mild teenagers who are just struggling after the pandemic to go back to school. I have other kids that are cutting or severe ADD. And um, what I'm finding with a lot of these kids is that they are not learning the skills and tools to fix the problem. So they right. do a lot of talking and reliving things. And so with mind management, it's really a complete mind shift. It's a transformation of um, just learning how to live with pain, because here's the thing about teenagers. They don't know that there's a choice. If something bad happens, they have no choice but to feel bad. And if something mm -hmm. good happens, they feel good. And so they're kind of bouncing back and forth to whatever life gives them. Mm -hmm. And so what I show them is that there is actually a choice that when something happens, it's not your circumstances that are creating your feelings, it's your thoughts. And as soon as there's that awareness there, all of a sudden we have so many more choices about how we react and how we feel. So the reason I think that everyone would benefit from coaching is because it teaches your brain 
how to think differently, experience differently, and overcome the negative emotions that really keep us in pain. Right. Well, and they, 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 they call emotional intelligence. They talk about it like soft skills, right? Soft skills, like problem solving and learning how to regulate emotions. But I mean, I learned more and more because I'm a high school counselor in Utah, more and more those soft skills, they're pretty dang hard. Like Mm. they, they, for being so soft, they're pretty hard. And I feel like kids are especially, I mean, we say everybody, but especially right now, kids are struggling a little bit with this stuff. Um, Soft skills, like problem solving, delayed gratification, why, oh, why yeah. is that? Like, is it a generational thing or has everyone just been having a problem with it and we're only noticing now? <laughs> well, there is so much that I could say in answer to that, but my mind's going all different places. But, you know, one thing that I always, I, I think like if I would do a presentation, for example, and I show people how to self-coach, I actually have a model that I, I, I use. It's so easy to understand in theory but it's, it's work to put into place because you have to practice it. You can't just, yep. uh, so many people understand it in theory and then they don't use it because our, our brain, right? Your beliefs about yourself or your beliefs about the world are not necessarily true. They're just thoughts that you've thought over and over and over again. So we are quite literally trying to reprogram the brain to see ourselves differently, to experience the world differently, to overcome whatever's happening or what happened in our past that takes work every single day. And so I think my experience with teenagers, especially is anything to do with self-help. They're like, peace out. I don't want anything to do with it. Teenagers, especially because their prefrontal cortex hasn't finished developing. Mm -hmm. They're just focused on what they're going to do five minutes from now, or what they're going to do when they get out of school. What's for lunch, ma? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So you know, it takes good parents understanding this stuff too, so that they can help their children really implement it. Mm, yeah. And w- what are some of the things that like some of the things you notice that this generation in specific that uh, have been struggling with, that's made this not per se harder, but it's hasn't made things easier, you know? Oh, well, there's a long list. I, I think it's really interesting because I've been looking into, I, I, I read um, a, a, an article that talked about that 85% of college students today, 85% have an overall lower mental illness score average than all of the college students behind them since the 1930s. And so I, what I'm seeing is this trend where it's progressively getting worse and worse. And I hear people attribute it to just one thing or another, Mm -hmm. um, a higher divorce rate, um, the pandemic, um, and everything that happened with COVID. And I, I want to talk about social media and cell phones, because I think that's a huge one. Yes. I think we need to talk about that because it's huge, but I'll tell you my overall opinion. I think that it's the difference in core values that we're seeing now in society compared to what we used to see. Mm. I think that um, there's a lot more with cell phones. There's a lot more isolation, lack of connections. The other thing is that they teenagers are online and what are they seeing? They're seeing success, status, fame. Um, I'm all for any woman who wants to work. I've always worked, but we do see two parents in the home working. We have a lot of stressed out parents. I don't have time for that right now. And kids are seeing, okay, what's most important is work and money. And what's less important is family time and connections. Mm. And so I look at the rate that we are treating depression today. And I wonder, is that really the best way to go about it? Would things change for teenagers if we started to move back to that family core relationships in the family culture? Well, yeah. I mean, 
I agree. I hate smartphones and social media. And I mean, that's kind of why we're having this discussion because we're both in that space. Yes. Um, but I mean, they're little bullying machines that kids use to just be unkind to each other and they fall prey to predators and pornography on the internet. Yes. There's all sorts of bad influences that come up on those things. Um, but then like their emotions are getting replaced by emojis. Like they have yes. such a hard time processing big emotions because they're like, I just need to text a friend, text an angry emoji. And they're like, do you even know what, what emotion you're feeling right now? Or do you just know it's the angry emoji? Like it's right. so, so difficult. Um, and it, it, along with that, Nate, I just wanted to tell you when I asked teens in here, how they're feeling, their most popular answer is, I don't know. So that goes right along with your point, right? right? Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, so yeah, kids, it, it's, it's a struggle to really try and help them understand, like, how are you feeling? Because I don't know, because my smartphone has been my feelings for so long. Yes. So so the million dollar question, I guess, is how do we do better? How can we do better in helping ourselves and helping our kids to improve, you know, their emotional intelligence or self-coaching? Give us some of your top practices, tips and tricks. Shower us with some wisdom. Okay. Well, I think one thing that I think is really interesting is I do a lot of workshops. Sometimes it will just be teens and sometimes it's parents of teens, but usually it's just teenagers. And it's interesting consistently the teenagers that are struggling the most, their parents are the least involved. I offer a free parent webinar where I teach how to self-coach. I think it's really important that parents understand what their kids are learning so that they can redirect them. Um, I know for me, I'm having to continuously talk to my children about it because we slip back into our old habits and, and with, with, without exception, the kids that are in here, cause I work with them one-on-one -on -one in these workshops, mm -hmm. the ones that are struggling the most, the parents don't show up to the work, to the, to the webinar. Um, those kids are not held to a standard of finishing any of the assignments in here. The parents just aren't involved. And so one thing that I see for sure is that parents like to say, here, fix, fix my child. You know, here's the money, put them in the class, give them back to me when you're done. <laughs> And the children are While I scroll on social media. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Don't even get me started with that. Right. So I, you know, I think, um, it's really interesting to me because I, I, I did a lot of healing after my divorce and, and being a single mom of six kids. And at that time I really felt like I'm, I'm good. I've healed. I have a good attitude. I didn't really believe I had work to do. And then when I went through my year certification program and I really dove into this work, it completely transformed me. And I didn't even realize the work I had to do. And so I think if parents are just willing to be vulnerable enough to really dive into the work. So let me give you an example. Um, one of the things that I, I used to teach my kids was that they were responsible for my feelings and I was responsible for theirs. I used to say things like apologize to your brother, you hurt his feelings. And, and I taught them that everything and everyone's responsible for their feelings. So just learning a little bit about coaching and how to change your mindset. And we want our teenagers to take responsibility for how they're feeling. Yeah. So let me tell you the problem that I see with kids, not knowing how to feel negative emotion because they don't know how to feel it. They live in a world now where instant gratification is everywhere. So the second they start feeling bad about anything, get rid of it. Oh my gosh, get rid of it. Yeah. And how do they do that? Cell phones, video games, sugar, yeah. caffeine. They love to take naps. 
and then they wake up or then they stop playing and they feel those things all over again. So I like to call that buffering, being aware of what we do when we start to feel bad. Uh, we don't process through and get rid of negative emotions by buffering our way through it. So just some simple things. When I do a workshop with teens, just helping them understand what do you do when you get upset? How do you react to it? And what if we just learned how to sit with it? And I show them how to take responsibility for what they're feeling, which means that they start to understand that their circumstances are neutral. When they hear that, they're like, no, they're not. There's no way my circumstances are neutral. When my dad takes away my phone, that's not neutral. When I get an F on my math, math test, it's not neutral. But what I show them is that circumstances do not have the power to create emotion, even divorce and death. You know, you feel one way if someone close to you passes away, you feel another way if it's a perfect stranger. It's always the sentence that runs through our head that causes us pain or joy. And so once they learn that, once they're aware of the fact that they can have control over how they feel, and there's a process to this it starts to change everything for them. They start mm -hmm. to stop in their tracks right when they're about to react and realize, oh, wait a second. I can feel about this differently if I want to. That's awesome. Yeah. So parents, I, I mean, it comes down to being involved. Really, the, the first step in helping our kids is to care more about our kids than what we care about other people thinking about our kids. <laughs> yes. You know, um, caring more that our kids are doing well and caring less that Sharon down the street knows my boy got straight A's um, because <laughs> no one cares, Sharon, um, because we should all care more about our kids and then helping them process those gross, yucky emotions. Um, I was talking with uh, Colin Karchner once a couple of years ago, um, and he was talking about how he would <laughs> purposely ditch his kids at the checkout line. Like, you're like, oh, crap, I forgot something and then go. And so they'd just be sitting there awkwardly not being able to leave in the checkout line <laughs> and like, yeah, feel the awkward because guys, we need to experience those negative emotions. We can't protect our kids all day long. We got, when I was growing up, we had helicopter parents, you know, save the kids, fly off. Now we got bulldozer parents. How dare you give my child an F and bam, run over the teacher and everything in the way. And it's like, so, so the kid has to do nothing. Like we're not helping our kid build resiliency if we just do everything for them. So come on, parents, we need, and here's the thing, I'm not here to judge. We are all doing the best that we can with what we can, but we're here to try and give you something better so you can do something better because there's always a better way because we love our kids so much. We want them to succeed. We want them to do better. And they are struggling right now. If your kid has a phone, if your kid has social media, Odds are they're struggling more than you think they are. And odds are they're scared to tell you about it because they think you'll probably take your their phone away. So it's time to have some honest conversations, time to help start helping people feel some negative emotions and know that those are important and good. Um, yeah. Thanks so much, Jerry. This has been so good. I yeah. You know, and I just wanted to add to that. I think one of the, um, when I talk to teens, the thing that they'll tell me that, um, the, the number one thing that their parents will say that drives them the most crazy is put a smile on your face. You should be happy. 
You have so much to be grateful for. You should be happy. And it's such a damaging statement for teens who are struggling because their emotions are real. And I know if someone says that to me when I'm mad, you know, they better watch out. Right. But we feel like, well, we're the parents. So we can say it to the kids. One of the first things I teach teenagers when they're in here with me is that this idea that we should be good and happy all the time causes more pain than anything else, that it is human to feel negative. It's more like 50, 50. And so when things are great, we know how to show up. What we want to show teenagers how to do is show up when it's not so great and still be okay. Amen. Amen guys. Okay. So Jerry, how can people go and like check out and see what you're doing? Shameless plug time. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I can be found at Jerry South and I have a unique spelling. So it's J H E R I S O U T H. Um, <laughs> what are, what, guys, what I've been saying her name wrong for 30 minutes. Okay. It is Jerry, <laughs> not Jerry. Everybody it's not does. a 50 year old person from parks and rec. The, <laughs> my goodness. No, you know, what? Every, everybody Jerry. does. I'm, I'm, it's, wow. it's difficult. Like Ja Ja Jerry, um, but I can be found. I'm at Jerry South. My website is Jerry South.com. I'm pretty easy to find. And I, um, I host a free webinar Wednesdays on Facebook every Wednesday, 11 AM central time with a free 15, 20 minutes, just this kind of stuff. I'm talking to parents. So guys, it's free every Wednesday. Um, all of those, the website, her, her Instagram, Facebook links, all that stuff. It's going to be in the podcast description. Go and check her out. She is amazing trying to help kids the best that she can doing all the good things. Uh, make sure to go and follow me at bulliesbeat.gon for your daily dose of positivity. Um, and if you have any speaking inquiries, you can go ahead and email me. Those will be in the podcast description as well. Always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next.